When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Welcome to the True Crime Never Sleeps podcast. I am your host, Larry Lease. Today we're diving in to the Yorkshire Ripper. How he was eventually captured. First, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Poddex, for sponsoring this episode. Save 10% off your first order using promo code Larry21 at poddex.com. And as always, if you want to be a part of the show, send us a voicemail at 682-305-0483. And now, let's dive right in to the Yorkshire Ripper. From the mid-1970s to the early 90s, a serial killer would torment Yorkshire, England. In his wake, he'd leave 13 women dead and have at least seven survivors. The killer would drift extremely close to police at times, coming so close as to be interviewed on numerous occasions. But police blunders over the years, the large scope of his crimes, and public apathy towards the targets of his crimes kept him from being apprehended for over five years. On June 2, 1946, Peter Sutcliffe was born into a large family in West Yorkshire. He was a small baby weighing just five pounds at birth. As a child, he was quite attached to his mother. Sutcliffe didn't have any friends and was bullied by older boys at school. He'd leave school at 15. It's said that Sutcliffe had a morbid and awkward sense of humor. He even got a job as a grave digger as a young man. He'd marry his wife, Sonia, in 1974, and by 1975, He'd kill his first victim. Early on, Sutcliffe had developed a fascination for sex workers. He'd often drive through red light districts to spew hatred at sex workers. As he passed, he would go on to commit his first known violent act in July 1975, when he attacked a sex worker for revenge after claiming another sex worker had run off with five pounds without providing services. The woman survived, and Sutcliffe was even identified, but she chose not to press charges. He'd attack at least one more woman who would survive before his attacks turned deadly. October 30th, 1975, 28-year-old Wilma McCann would become Sutcliffe's first murder victim. She was a murder, mother excuse me, of four from Leeds who made money as a sex worker. She was killed just 100 yards from her own home on the Prince Philip playing fields. Sutcliffe picked her up and then beat her with a hammer and stabbed her in the stomach, chest, and neck. Sutcliffe would later reflect on the first killing. After that first time, quote, I developed and preyed upon a hatred, or played a, a hatred for prostitutes in order to justify within myself a reason why I attacked and killed Wil- Wilma McCann. 
The clip's next victim would be 42-year-old Emily Jackson, also killed in Leeds, on January 20th, 1976. Mother of three was a known sex worker who was taken to some abandoned buildings by Sutcliffe, where he struck her over the head with a hammer and used a sharpened screwdriver to stab her more than 50 times. However, Sutcliffe left behind some evidence, a blueprint on Jackson's thigh. It would be another year before Sutcliffe would successfully strike again. On February 11, 1977, he would target Irene Richardson, a 20-year-old woman living in Leeds. He would kill her on Soldier's Field and Round Hay Park with his typical weapons, a hammer and a knife or a sharpened screwdriver. After this killing, he rearranged her clothing, covering her with her own coat. This time, a tire print would be left in his wake. A few months prior, Sutcliffe attacked pregnant 20-year-old Marcella Claxton in the same park. He struck her over the head with a hammer, but Claxton was able to fight him off and make it to a phone box to call for help. She received many stitches for her injuries and miscarried, but ultimately survived the attack from the serial killer. Claxton provided a description of her attacker, which was turned into a sketch. The resulting image turned out to be a great likeness of Sutcliffe, but because Claxton was not a sex worker, she was not initially believed to be one of the Ripper's victims. Wonder would be a sign of what was to come in the ensuing investigation. A couple months later, April 23, 1977, he would strike again. Patricia Atkinson was a 32-year-old mother of three. She was murdered in her own Bradford apartment after drinking in the pub with Sutcliffe, drinking, marking the first murder outside of Leeds. Yet another clue was left for police at the scene as he left behind a bloody uh, boot print on her bloody chest. Her <clears throat> Sutcliffe would earn the moniker the Wor- Yorkshire Ripper after the discovery of the youngest victim, 16 year old Jane McDonald. June 26, 1977. Sutcliffe spotted the young shopkeeper on her way home from a night out near a playground in Leeds. She was one of the only few victims of Sutcliffe who did not do sex work. Her body would be discovered on the playground by two children the following day. Her death sparked outrage from the public as she was deemed the first innocent, a.k.a. non-sex worker victim of the killers. His previous victims were subjected to victim blaming because of their jobs. It was Sutcliffe's fifth killing or kill that would bring him face to face with the police. Sutcliffe would pick up 20 year old Jane Jordan in Manchester's red light district October 1st, 1977. After murdering her, he'd dump her body and belongings, but Sutcliffe soon regretted that move when he realized that a five pound note. That could be possibly traced back to him was still in her bag. He'd returned to her body nine days after murdering her, only to find the note nowhere to be found. Police believe that the killer moved her body out in the open when he searched for the bill, which allowed a dairy worker to discover the body the next day. They also believe that the killer subjected Jordan's lifeless body to even more violence when he returned to it. Ultimately, the police located the note in her pocket Trace the serial number back to the payroll of the company where Sutcliffe worked. He was brought in for questioning twice, but the 
Police believed his alibi backed up by family that he had attended a housewarming party while Sutcliffe would strike a few months later on January 21st, 1978, when he killed 21-year-old mother of two, Yvonne Pearson in Bradford. Her body would not be discovered for another two months. Additionally, the attack was interrupted when a car pulled up next to his car in which he had Pearson's. He'd stuff her mouth full of horsehair to keep her from screaming as he killed her. When he was done, Sutcliffe would help his parents move into a new house just hours later. Ten days later, January 31st, 1978, he'd attack and kill an 18-year-old Ellen Rich, whom he picked up from a spot frequented by... Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Sex workers. On May 16th, 1978, Sutcliffe would kill a mother of seven, 40-year-old Vera Millward of Manchester. Was, in, was killed in Manchester Royal and and her body was left in the car park. Sadly, a man nearby had heard Millward's screams as she was being murdered. But due to the location, he assumed they were coming from a patient in the hospital. The next victim of Sutcliffe was a 19-year-old Josephine Whitaker, who worked at a building society. She was murdered on April 4, 1979, when she was walking home from her grandparents' house. One hoax in particular, particular threw police off the scent. A detective constable interviewed Sutcliffe in his home after the murder of Barbara Leach. He had noted the similarity between a description of the attacker and Sutcliffe, as well as the fact that his shoe size matched the culprits exactly. The detective noted his suspicions and the fact that there was something sinister about Sutcliffe, but there was a problem. A tape and some letters that were sent into the police were initially believed to be authentic. So much so that the police diverted their investigation and resources away from Yorkshire to Sunderland due to the accent on the tape. Quote, I'm Jack. I see you are still you are still having no luck catching me. I have the greatest respect for you, George, but Lord, you are no closer to catch me now than four years ago when I started. Despite the Detective's strong intuition, Sutcliffe's handwriting and Yorkshire accent did not match the tapes. Letters, and therefore, were not a legitimate possibility at the time of the course. The tapes and letters were found later to be a hoax. The man responsible would be sentenced to eight years in jail for interfering with justice. Even more shockingly, Sutcliffe was brought in nine times to be questioned by police. In one of these instances, he was shown a photo of the blueprints found at two of the scenes. Emily Jackson and Patricia Atkinson. 
However, the police failed to notice that Sutcliffe was wearing the exact pair of boots which had made these prints. There are also reports that Sutcliffe was once arrested for drunk driving. But when he was checked against the Ripper incident room files, he had been estimated he had been eliminated from the inquiry. A friend of Sutcliffe's even went to police after he started to believe his friend might be the killer. But there was no follow-through with this tip. Finally, Peter Sutcliffe was caught on January 2nd, 1981 in Sheffield when officers stopped him in his car with a sex worker. Officers allowed Sutcliffe to use the side of the building to relieve himself and later discovered he'd thrown a hammer and knife on his way to the building. His wife Sonia had been questioned about his whereabouts on the night of an attack on a teenage girl. She confirmed that he didn't return home until 10 p.m. that evening. On January 4th, Peter Sutcliffe finally confessed to being the Yorkshire Ripper after two days of questioning. He would say the Yorkshire Ripper, it's me, I killed all those women, before spending nearly 24 hours detailing all his crimes to police. He asked for his wife to be brought down so he could tell her himself. Sutcliffe would plead not guilty to murder due to diminished responsibility, as he claimed that he was killing the woman because God told him to kill sex workers. Sutcliffe said today, said today that his mission to kill began here at Bingling Cemetery, where as a teenager he worked as a gravedigger. It was something he felt was wonderful. He believed in and know that it was the voice of God. He would, however, plead guilty to manslaughter, but the jury would ultimately find him guilty of 13 counts of murder, 7 counts of attempted murder. On May 22nd, he was given 20 concurrent life sentences and a recommended minimum of 30 years. At last, the Yorkshire Ripper was finally behind bars. High Court would rule in 2000 that Sutcliffe should never be released. Nearly 40 years after his arrest, Peter Sutcliffe tested positive for COVID-19. On November 7, 2020, he died just days later after reporting really refusing treatment. All in all, a team of 200 people carried out more than 130,000 interviews, visited 23,000 homes, and examined in up to 150,000 cars over 2.5 million hours trying to apprehend Sutcliffe, making it the biggest manhunt in British history. It was just a miracle they did not apprehend him earlier. They had all the facts. And that is all we have for this episode of Shit Out of Luck. Thanks for watching and listening. Be sure to hit that subscribe button. Let's try to get to a thousand subscribers by Thanksgiving. As always, you can find us on all major podcast platforms. You can also listen to us on Good Pods. Check us out today. Let us know your, um, your thoughts on the Yorkshire Ripper in the comment section below. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for watching and listening to the True Crime Never Sleeps podcast. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.